Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, citizens of Earth. Welcome, humans. I merely tell you that the future of your planet is at stake. We have to ask you to try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. Listen, do you hear? It's getting closer. We have come to visit you in peace and with goodwill. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. happening what's happening this is coach Kyrie, and you are now rocking with the best this is original native radio and it is no other Woo! i feel like rick flair tonight i love it when i get to love what i'm doing and have fun with it all at the same time a little bit of education a little bit of entertainment a whole lot of spirituality and a whole lot of growth and a whole lot of healing that's what you can expect from original native radio.com each and every time that you tune in to Zoom in with us, you are now rocking with our new Thursday night programming. That's right. That's right. We're trying to see what we can do to match up with that powerful Tuesday night show that we have at 8 o'clock. So any of you who are listening in from the Tuesday night Symptometry show, this is going to blend in perfectly. Any of you who are listening on the download for this show is going to blend in perfectly with what we have on Tuesday. It's all about health and wellness. It's all about the God consciousness and bringing out the best in you and your family. Um, my name is Coach Kyrie, like I said, and I'm excited. Um, our sponsors tonight are, of course, OriginalNativeRadio.com and CoachKyrie.com, as well as Relaxation is the Key. Relaxation is the Key.com, as well as SymptometryBooks.com. We want you to get your cells clean so we can get the blood traveling at the speed of light. So when we got this master teacher student, just all around suave guy coming in tonight teaching this uh, class and just dropping it week after week, we want you to make sure that you be able to utilize the power. You know, like if you're getting a lot of power and your ho- and your hoses aren't clean and your pipe ain't clean, then your car is not going to be running efficiently. You know, your body's not going to be running efficiently. So. It's very important that we tune in to Zoom in as often as possible to catch these type of uh, classes. Um, But they're not boring because they're very interactive. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I did have this brother on, and we've been chopping it up ever since then, wanting to do something on the regular. I've been knowing this brother for a matter of years now. He is one of my mentors and close friends. uh, He has taught me a lot about the science, um, added on to what I already had, um, with Tantra, and I'm a I'm a doubter of everything. You know, um, I love my original teacher, Sanyata Saraswati, but when I met Master Yah Marvis, I was like, look her here. We working with something. We in here cooking with hot grease because he was coming with, you could really see a lot of the uh, 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 basic principles were the same, but one thing I really liked about Yah was Yah did not, Yah was not a commercial teacher and did not, learn through commercial means. You know, he's not a YouTube junkie, none of that. Y'all went out here and traveled the world. If you all go back and look at that last show, I'll find the date and the link on that 
and be, well, if you're on Original Native Radio um, dot com, as a matter of fact, go over to CoachTyre dot com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, and there are four links down there. There are four old episodes. He's right down there. It was so hot, like the time went by so fast, and he was like, "It's already been three hours." So I was like, "Yeah." So we don't know if we're going to go three hours tonight. We're scheduled to go two, and that's what we're looking to because we want to give you all some of the information, give you a big overview, and then start breaking it down next week. We will be opening up the lines in about 45 minutes to take some questions, some comments, and some feedback. So please do uh, get in line if you have something already or if you um, already write it down or put it in the chat. Um, if you have looking in the chat and it's not open, just hit refresh your screen. The call-in number is 347 205 Nine zero eight nine. I want y'all to get up on y'all feet, stomp them around a little bit, get your hands in the air and let them stay there. For my brother, acclaimed author, tantric master, world traveler, and just just an all-around, uh, I don't know if he's a visionary or not, but he has extensive vision. Y'all put y'all hands together for my man, Y'all Morris. What's happening, y'all? How you feeling tonight? <laughs> I always have to laugh when I hear that intro. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Well, you know, I gotta, I gotta knock the competition. I know you well sought out around the world, so I want to make sure we make you feel at home. Mikasa Sukasa, when you come over to Original Native Radio, and you're gonna be here for, you know, what I'm saying, hopefully for a duration as my network grows and your network grows together. So I want to make you feel, I, I want to make you feel right at home. Because as soon as this information starts to hit the airwaves in about three weeks, uh, they're going to be all over you like white on rice. We have a show tonight, a show of shows. <laughs> Let me I've get done my a mind. lot of radio a, in the last show of shows. five years. But this show will be a show to remember, I'm telling you right now. Mm. Well, that is what my audience uh, looks forward to. So you all in the queue, you all in the chat room, get your seat belts, get your glass of alkaline water, light your incense, kick your shoes off, and get ready. Get ready. Because as most of you saw in the episode info, um, when Coach K and Yamars talk about the science and power of Tantra, what does it sound like? Well, we rock the floor. And if you hear some thunder, some thunder clapping outside in your neighborhood, whether you're in Oakland or Seattle Miami, that's just a reverberation of the power of myself and y'all tonight. Um, this is the inaugural Y'all Morris and Talking Tantra show, as we'll be as he'll be joining the network every Thursday at eight, covering how each man or woman can become the highest and best version of themselves, how they can live the best version of their life. Also, we're going to be getting into how Master Y'all believes the key to achieving success is to become the original version of you the version of your original NATO template. Any of you who have been listening to some of the past shows this week know we deal a lot of uh, in case with astrology and people's NATO birth charts as well as their progress charts. So like I said, we are combining the ultimate package over here where there's a night that you can get Tantra, there's a night that you can get astrology and precision, there's a night you can uh, learn how to clean your, and your cells from the inside out, and I'm even thinking about bringing in just a music night. or But I'm also thinking about bringing in a, a midwife night with the doulas and uh, something for the children. 
So stay tuned. Uh, some of the topics and themes that we're going to be covering over the next couple of weeks, history of Tantra, four main systems of Tantra, uh, genital reflexology, the foundation of Tantra, on and on and on. I'm not just... Just, just, just look in the, just look in the description of the show, and you're going to see enough to get your mouth wet. Because y'all sent me like a little course outline, and I thought I was back at North Carolina Antique State University. I said, "Oh man, what kind of professor is this? He gives the producer of the show a whole long list of homework." But I welcomed it because it was some great information. So yeah, I definitely believe you, and with you a thousand percent. It's going to be a show of shows tonight. Well. I tell you, I tell you truthfully, um, it's been a long time that I've been on this path, and for a long time, I kept things pretty much secret into myself. I revealed little bits and pieces here and there as I was continuing my research, but last fall, I made a decision to start to release stuff, and since last fall, and I, I began the Grand Trine program, um, I've been releasing things. And tonight I'm going to release something that I've never released before. I'm going to start a series with this program that I've never done before. And I don't think anyone else in the country, in this particular country, has ever done this or ever released this this information at this level. And once you've heard it, you can judge if it's all that I'm saying that it is. But I think you will see that what I'm going to be telling you tonight the beginning, is the beginning of something that... Uh, will change the history and the face of Tantra in, in, on this hemisphere. Mm. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Go ahead and change it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and change it. I don't see why not. We can upgrade it like uh, Beyonce said. <laughs> so let me begin. Uh, first of all, I want to thank those who are tuning in. I want to thank the listeners. Without them, you know, we wouldn't be doing this. And I'm hoping that everyone is nice and comfortable, got them a nice beverage in front of them. I like to think, you know, that we're almost at the beach and everybody's sitting around on their chairs, sipping whatever their drink is, or iced tea or alkaline water. And it's a nice, cool night out there. Uh, the ocean water's lapping up against the shore a few yards away. We got nowhere to go, and we just going to chill and have some fun. I'm really just, tonight, um, it's not going to be, you know, the way that I normally do it. Uh, it's really more than anything else. I'm going to be telling a story. And I hope that people will bear with me, uh, especially with some of the language and some of the words that I'm going to be using. They're going to be new. I'm going to do my best to interpret and define them for you. But uh, I'm going to create a new language for you tonight because this show is like an earmark, a bookmark, a landmark that you're going to want to take this, you're going to want to download this, you want to podcast this and store it because it will be a reference for the use for future shows, whether it's my show or any other Tantra show, because I'm going to put some things out there for you that's going to help the beginner or even the advanced student to understand Tantra better and to make it more useful to you. So tonight we do the inaugural show, Talking Tantra with Master Yao. And I start every show with the concept that the highest and best version of you 
is the most authentic and original version of you. And this is the thread that weaves through everything that I do and say, every book that I've written, whether fiction or nonfiction. It talks about trying to get to the highest and best version of you. And I've found that the highest and best version of you is the natal template, the one in the DNA. And then we say, what is the highest and best version of the sexual part of our life? And that is my definition of Tantra, the highest and best version of the sexual life in alignment with the DNA. So this show is about we want you to live the highest and best version of your life. And that's my goal in this show, to help you, the individual listener, achieve the highest and best version of your life now to the best of your ability to be able to bring you things that make a difference that change something real, that address the real issues in your life, whether it's manifestation, whether it's your sexual life, whether it's your relationship life, whether it's your reproductive health, my intention is to give you something that's going to make a real difference. So we begin a special series tonight. We're going to begin to catalog a new language. And I'm determined to have fun with this in spite of Gracie. The name of this series, this series of shows that we're beginning tonight, is called The Lotus Seraphim and the Tower of Tantra. And basically what I'm going to be introducing tonight is a concept called the Tower of Tantra. And the Lotus Seraphim is the portal or the gateway, the key to the Tower of Tantra. Now, most of you may not know what the Lotus Seraphim is. Maybe it's going to be three or four shows before you figure that out. It's okay. Don't even worry about that. And most of you have never heard of the Tower of Tantra, and, and that's understandable. But I want you to bear with me. Listen carefully, if you can as we tell this story. Seraphim is an angel. That's what the word means, seraphim. It means an angel. It's a particular type of angel. Angels that carry messages. And the Tower of Tantra refers to a hierarchy. It refers to what makes Tantra work. It refers to the guts or the structure or the skeleton of Tantra and what Tantra really is all about. A lot of people talk about Tantra. We hear the word bandied about now, but what does it really mean? What is the the science really pinned to? And the Tower of Tantra is the backbone of Tantra. And when I'm finished with explaining the Tower of Tantra, I believe each person will be able to understand why Tantra is important to that life, to their life, and why Tantra is, in fact, the highest and best version of their sexual life that you can achieve. So, this story began in 1989. Uh, In 1989, Yael Morris was living a double life. Um, And the truth is that I had a public face. You know, I'd just gotten out of corporate America I had my own business. I was doing really well. And I had this private secret phase. 
I was studying all of this occult stuff, all of this esoteric stuff. I was involved in all of these secret organizations and things like that. And I was living this double life, and I got called up on it. I, I basically got sort of snatched, and I was told that um, that I wasn't really being authentic, that if I was going to become authentic, if I was really going to achieve the things I was setting out to do, that I had to combine these two lives and that I had to start to reveal to to my friends and to my mates what was really happening in my life. And this began a project what, that was later called the Amamara Project. So it started out uh, with an explosion. My apartment blew up, and I ended up um, without a job, without a business, and my mate left me. And basically, I had nothing. I had to go to the hospital. You know, they carried me out of this this explosion, uh, you know, in the ambulance to the hospital. So I was doing physical therapy. And basically, I started from nothing. And I, just, you know, I said, okay, well, let me. I better, I better pay attention to what they said, and I better go ahead and do this project. And I thought it was going to take, you know, four or five months. I ended up spending seven years doing this. And what I was doing is I was drawn to the shaman. These are compos, these uh, traditional priests, these uh, medicine men, these swamis, and these elders, and these healers. And it was like, I didn't really associate with these people that much before that. I read some of their work and stuff, but I never really had really met them a lot and really talked to them a lot. And I was a little bit suspect of them, to be honest with you. But for seven years, a lot of these people came into my life. They either came to this country or I went to their country. And what happened is I found a common denominator. They were all either close to death or elderly, and they all had nobody to pass their information to. And so they passed some of it, small bits and pieces of it, to me, and I archived it. And that's the beginning of my introduction to Tantra. I had read Tantra books before then, but they didn't mean anything to me because I didn't see how you could practice it. And it was through my exposure to indigenous cultures through the elemental entities, through ancestral entities, that I began to understand what Tantra was really all about. And in fact, during those seven years, I was exposed to four separate Tantra systems. I found out that Tantra was not mainly uh, brought about for the sexual life, that that was part of it, but really, Tantra was an integral part of the mystery systems, what people call the mystery systems. And it was uh, in several different parts of the world. It was also a part of what is called rites of passage programs. It was also part of the mating arrangements, these arranged marriages between nobility and royalty. However, in most of history, the, the, the highest level of Tantra systems was not given to the masses. It was reserved for the elite only. Most common people didn't know about it, were kept from knowing about it, and didn't have any exposure to it. And that's still pretty much the case today. That's, it's Tantra really was not something intended for the masses. Uh, the masses were kept from it. When it did get disseminated to the masses, normally the elite societies would uh, introduce false information to confuse the masses and to get them to think that there wasn't anything to it. The other issue that came up was that 
when Tantra, whenever it came to a place, it usually flowered and changed that culture. But later on, what we found is that uh, major religions would come to that area over time. And these major religions, whether it was Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, Islam, whatever, they drove Tantra out and back underground again. And this was one of the central and overriding themes and why it was so hard for me to research and really get into the real aspects of Tantra. So we find that Tantra existed in a lot of different places. I used to think it was just in India and in the Vedic tradition or in places like that, but that's not the case at all. Um, I, I found Tantra in a lot of places, but there were four systems that out. Now, the one that we know about the most began with the Dravidians of southern India back approximately three or 4,000 years before Christ. As far as, that's as far as the writings go anyway. And this is what is called the Vedic-inspired uh, culture. And it was influenced from ancient Ethiopia to some extent. At that time, uh, what, what was then called Ethiopia was in the Nile Valley. It was directly connected to what is called the Indus Valley, or that part of India going over to Iraq. But there were three other very important Tantra cultures. One of the biggest ones uh, that influenced a lot of what exists in China today was the Tantric culture that developed in what is called the Khmers. Uh, this is the region that is now called Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, and Burma. But the Khmer Empire lasted about 700 years, and it was marked by a very uh, advanced uh, Tantra culture. We see it in the statues and things which still exist today. Another uh, Tantra society evolved in Ethiopia. Supposedly, it was influenced by ancient Egypt. I, don't, I haven't seen the documentation to prove that. That's what they say. But the Ethiopia that I'm talking about has no resemblance or connection to modern Ethiopia at all. I'm talking about the Ethiopia that came about after the old Kemetic Empire of ancient Egypt fell. And so while the Romans uh, were in charge of Ethiopia, up above in the, in the northern part of the Nile Valley, below that there was still a... a, a predominantly black culture that resisted Christianity and which clung to its tantric scenario. Uh, it later on became what is known as Abyssinia and Nubia. The last, uh, but one of the most important tantra systems evolved in uh, North America. The Native Americans out in what we call Northwest United States, Washington State, Portland, northern, what is now in California, above the, the mountain range there, and out west uh, to some extent. There were several Native American cultures there which developed a very advanced form of Tantra. They didn't call it Tantra. They called it something else, but that's what it was. It's those four systems of Tantra that I'm talking about when I talk about the Tower of Tantra. <coughs> Excuse me. What specifically is the Tower of Tantra? <clears throat> it's basically talking about how we uh, use energy. It's basically talking about how our bodies use energy. <clears throat> it's a hierarchy, and there are 12 portals in it. 
And the Tower of Tantra really has 12 floors, and it's really talking about 12 portals into the human being. And these 12 portals are what is used to change our energy profile. And it's through these 12 portals that we change the person so that they go from what they were to being a person that can do Tantra. And when we say do Tantra, we mean have the ability to change energy flow in yourself and in your partner. And to do this for healing or to achieve pleasure or to achieve spiritual enlightenment. So Tantra's goal is to achieve healing, to achieve spiritual pleasure, to achieve, I'm sorry, spiritual enlightenment, or to achieve pleasure. And all of these things are done by the generation and focus of energy. So the Tower of Tantra is talking about these 12 portals on this pyramid, on this hierarchy, this triangle. And what we do with these 12 portals affect what is called our central pillar or our our main energy core in the center of our auric field, which is called by some the aura. It's at the center of our aura, and it is the channel through which kundalini flows up and down our being. And kundalini is the energy that is basically what keeps us alive. It's the it's our it's our energy consciousness. It's 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 the heart of what makes us live. When our kundalini stops flowing, we're dead. When it starts flowing is when we take our first breath. This kundalini is generated in your what is called your cauldron, which is at the base of your spine, and it's generated through a plus and minus, the coming together of two plus and minus circuits. One is called yang chi, and one is called yin chi. This yin chi and this yang chi, we take it to our bodies, through our auric field, through food, through the breath, through water, laying in the sun, whatever. And these two polarities of chi combined in our cauldron generate this kundalini. It flows up and powers us, and our aura is the result of it. And therefore, if you look at a human being uh, through certain types of uh, light systems, acrylic photography, for instance, you will see that the human looks like a candle and that the core body is like the core of the candle, and the aura is like the flame. Well, this flame is produced from kundalini. So think of a dead human as a candle that's not lit, and a live human as a candle with a lighted flame. That lighted flame is kundalini. And kundalini rises up in the center of your body in the central channel called the central pillar. And this central pillar is what we're talking about when we talk about the Tower of Tantra. And basically then, Tantra is all about restructuring this tower, changing how things are coming into it, going out of it, what this tower can do, how it affects every aspect of your being. So we have two different types of portals on this tower. We have one type is called an operational portal, And it's basically just talking about how you change something that's operating. And then we have portals on this tower that are called architectural portals. In other words, they change the architecture of your being at a fundamental level. And once you do that, 
you are what is called, you are said to be evolving spiritually. You are becoming enlightened. When we change this architecture of the tower, you are fundamentally changed forever for the rest of your life and in each life that you live in the future. And when you change this architecture, you change the dynamic of your karma from past lives. So here are the portals that are operational on the tower. The first is called the brain or the spine. They're both the same. The second is what we call the five organ systems, heart, lungs, liver, kidneys, spleen. These are your five major organs, and they all control yin or yang chi flow. Then we have something called yoga. Most people know what yoga is a little bit, but they don't really, you know, have the whole understanding of it, and that's okay. But yoga is a way that you can change this portal. Uh, we, we talk about projection, and projection means using something to inject or take out energy into your body. We talk about acupuncture. Most people know what that is. We talk about something called qigong. And it's, so, it's sort of like Tai Chi and things like that. It's similar to martial arts a little bit. But in Qigong, you, take in, you, you increase your intake of Qi energy. And, it, it, you know, it's a very wide science with a whole lot of different forms to it. And the, most, the last portal, the last operational portal is called the Tattvas. Now, the Tattvas is a, a word from Vedic India. And it basically is talking about four energy forms, actually five. But these four energy forms are basically talking about moving pure elemental energy into or out of your tower or changing the tower so that it's only dealing with one of these four energies and not all four at the same time. Think of it as becoming possessed. Instead of you having all four energies, you just let one flow, and you stop the other three. And so we call this uh, moving a tattva. Now, this, this tattva energy is really, really extremely important and very difficult to work with. The science of it is, is advanced, and it's the one part of the uh, system that, you know, we don't really get into that until we get into the higher levels of the Grand Trine system. So I just mentioned it now. We'll come back to it. So we've got seven portals here. And these portals you simply change by like turning a valve, by operating something, by changing something so that something is either in balance or something is increased or something is decreased. And so we talk about these operational portals, the brain, the organs, yoga, projection, acupuncture, qigong, and tathas. And by using these seven portals, these seven vehicles, we change this tower and it causes us to be different, and it causes us to be able to do things that might seem to be to some people to be supernatural, or it changes our sexual experience, and it changes it dramatically. Now, the other five of these portals are a little bit more difficult. They're called architectural portals. And basically, these things change the nature of what you are. Now, the first one is, is something people can understand. It's called the intestines. <clears throat> but when we talk about the intestines, we're talking about our diet, but mainly what we're talking about is our cells. And we're talking about this whole operation of using our intestines to change the content of our cells 
so that our cells go from being toxic or malnourished or lacking in hydration or whatever to being more ideally suited for the life that we're intended to live. So we talk about the portal of the intestines, and basically the portal of the intestines is talking about changing our cell structure. So when you change this portal, the way that I'm talking about changing it, you change your very being, and you change it permanently. You change the makeup of your cells. The second portal is what is called our emotional body, our persona. And I'm not talking about the personality the way most people refer to it. I'm really talking about a structure in your auric field that gives you personality. Now, in the Book of Mamra, I talked about the counterfeit personality. So the best way that I can describe this is to talk about what it shouldn't be, and that is most people's personality develops different than the way it was intended to develop. So we measure the personality by describing how it has gone off the path, how it has become counterfeit. In other words, how your personality that you've developed today does not match the persona that's existing in your DNA template. So we talk about the difference between what your personality should be, its map, and what it is. And this difference is what we're looking at. And this is what we call the emotional body. And this is is governed by our belief systems. And when our belief systems are in alignment with our DNA, then our emotional body, our persona, is, is, is original. To the extent that our belief systems do not match what goes on in our DNA, we have a counterfeit personality and we have emotional issues. And these things block your energy flow tremendously. Then we have something called mantra. Mantra is sound, vibration, uh, chant, and things like that. But there are special words of power, special phrases and whatever, that when you do them over a long period of time, they change your architecture. They change the vibration of of what you are to bring you back to your DNA vibration or to activate something in your DNA that was dormant before. So mantra is a very, very powerful, in fact, it's the highest form of architecture because mantra over a period of time can change the way that you are, and it changes it permanently. So we use mantra to wake something up or to change your vibration so that your vibration goes back once again to match your original DNA vibration. Then the last one is something that we just called bioarchitecture. And this is the hardest for people to understand, I guess. But bioarchitecture is talking about rites of passage. So what happens is, here's how your DNA is designed. It's not just a bunch of chemical codes. It's got a map in there. And this map tells how you're supposed to develop. Basically, every seven years, you're supposed to go through a major change in development. You go through a major development stage. And at each of these seven-year periods, you're supposed to go through a rites of passage that allows you to take full advantage of this transfer. So at birth, there's a ritual that's supposed to be done with the mother right before the infant comes. At the age of seven to eight, there's another ritual that's supposed to be done that's a change. The operation of the body changes. At puberty, that's another major change that's supposed to happen. At 21, that's something called the honeymoon ritual that's supposed to be done. At 28, 29, that's another ritual at 35, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
And, of course, today, because we do not live a natural lifestyle anymore, very few, if any, people are doing these rites, at least not correctly. And even in most indigenous cultures, they have forgotten how to do them now. And so what happens with bioarchitecture is we see what you didn't do. In other words, you didn't do the ritual at the age of seven, and something is wrong with you now. Something is not developed. You didn't do the rites at age 14, and so something is wrong with you. The development that was supposed to take place was not completed. So you go back and do something called second puberty to try to correct some of the problems that are there. So in other words, second puberty is to go back and instill or awaken in the DNA what should have been done in puberty but was not. So the honeymoon ritual is something that goes back and you say, well, this person, they they turned 21 and they didn't do what they needed to do. They didn't do what they needed to do to become a full-fledged adult. So we go back and we do the honeymoon ritual again, and then we try to fix what didn't happen. This is called bioarchitecture. So now, this is the tower of Tantra, these 12 portals and the science of the Kundalini. And this tower of Tantra, these, these, these portals that we just described, brain, organs, yoga, projection, acupuncture, qigong, tattvas, bioarchitecture, prasana, and belief systems, intestines, and the, and the cells, mantra, and genital reflexology, these portals define what Tantra is. These portals tell you what the skeleton of Tantra is. These portals tell you what, how you actually go about tr- making a transition from what you are now to being a Tantra person. And it gives you the formula, the blueprint for achieving Tantra power. Now, even after you get the information, it's not always easy to do something with it. So I'm going to tell you that right up front. Knowing this information, knowing about the tower, knowing about these systems um, does not mean that you can execute it. It's a big, big difference between knowing this information and being a Tantra person and having Tantra power. Because to the extent that you have been following this natural blueprint all of your life, is the extent that your tower will be a powerful tower. To the extent that you have not followed not just the natural blueprint for all of humanity, but specifically the natural blueprint in your particular DNA, to the extent that not being in alignment with your own DNA is the extent to which you will not be a powerful tower, not be a powerful tantra person, not have the ideal sexual life. So I'm going to just back up a second here and uh, let people digest what I've just said. I've just said a lot. But that is going to be what we're basing this series of programs on, this tower, and this whole uh, concept of there is a natural way that humans are supposed to develop, this bioarchitecture, that there are these portals through which we change our central pillar, our pillar of kundalini, our main life force, and that these people have been developing these sciences for at least 5,000 years. They've been lost, found, redone, 
changed, translated, and to some extent, we've had a lot of confusion. To add to the mess, the elite have tried to keep most of the information a secret for most of the time, partly because of religion, but mainly because they just didn't feel that the masses deserved to have it. So there's been this concealment. So we don't find a lot of mention of it in history. We don't find a lot of written documents about it. It's very difficult to reconstruct the tower. But I'm going to do my best to help people to get an idea of what this tower is. Through help from the Lotus Seraphim, we're going to explore each of these 12 portals and how we can use them to become Tantra people to get something that changes us. And when we say changes us, we're talking about practical stuff, real stuff. I mean, now some people want enlightenment. Well, we can get real serious enlightenment through this system. Some people want pleasure. And, you know, we've had women just, I mean, and I mean, people have seen it. You have you have witnessed it yourself, Kair, but we have had women on the table. I'm not talking about in the bedroom. I have had women on the table had a half hour of orgasms, just 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 sit on the table and experience orgasm for half hour. That's like without penetration. With penetration, we don't even want to talk about that on on the radio because people get uncomfortable. But I'm just saying that when we talk about pleasure, the pleasure we're talking about, it takes time to achieve it. But it's not something most people are are are, are most people have experience. When, pe- when women and men get into this class, they get into a whole other level of pleasure. When we talk about healing, we talk about such things as people within two months expelling fibroids, no surgery, nothing. Just the cycle comes, fibroids are jacked out, ejaculated out, just because we give them energy and just because they are in the process of going back to their original self. We talk about men who have issues with their penis, too small, too big. Well, I guess too big is not a problem, but it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't re- remain rigid enough, things like that. We talk about people who have high blood pressure. We talk about people with diabetes, people who are not secreting the proper amount of hormones and things like that. These problems can be addressed through this system, and we are and have been addressing them, not with the same level of success all the time, because each person who starts one of these programs is, of course, different. But this is real. This is not something where, you know, um, (laughs) it's like maybe, kind of, sort of, uh-uh, no. No, we have demonstrable results that are repeated time and time and time again. And as I said before, the degree to which people reap benefits from it changes dramatically and, and, is, and, and is not, you can't guarantee that they're going to get this level of result from something. As I said before, it depends on how much you are out of alignment with your DNA and how quickly you can return to that alignment. That is the only thing that prevents you from achieving these extraordinary results. So, um, how close are we, Kair, to taking questions? 
Oh, whenever. I got a hand up already, but it's it's all whenever. But I also want to let you know, I am the HNIC. The FCC don't run shit over here. So this is a show, uh, Juju Mama, Kenya K, Hakashimu, she's been on here several times. And by now, she's already talked about eight different forms of sex. So this is a rated M audience for Mature. So And so they do... You don't have to worry. That's why we call it original. That's all grown folks over here. We All the children put to bed, so everybody over here, loosen up. And we don't want to catch you off guard by one of the callers that come in. So if you have to, you know what I'm saying, put it into a term where it's palatable, you know, in the language that people may speak in the everyday, you know, uh, circumstance, please feel free. <laughs> <laughs> and um are you ready for this um are you ready for this you know for this person who has their hand up or you or you want or you want to go to the next section cuz you've dropped a lot you dropped a lot so far just setting the foundation up and I know I'm going to be going back listening to the show myself because I really like I like structure and the people, my people who've been studying astrology with me this week you know I'm a Virgo rising so I like sticking to the script so you having it laid out like this is you know, for me, just like thumbs up, dude. I'm good. So, um, if you well, are ready, there's a lot more, but I'm not gonna put, I'm not gonna put too much on them in one night. This is like the foundational thing, so that they can understand the topic that we're gonna, you know, because we're gonna talk about all of this stuff in detail as we move forward. But I wanted to set this foundation up so that they understand what I'm talking about, because you know, a lot of people talk about tantra and yoga. But they don't put it in a context so that you understand why the yoga is important to the tantra. They talk about genital reflexology, but they don't really understand how it changes the architecture of your reproductive system. So I'm starting at the basic. I'm starting way down in the foundation, in the basement. I'm starting, you know, it, it may be boring to some people, but I'm starting here tonight. I'm telling the story because I want people to have a foundation of technology, of language. I'm using terms. I know some of them are foreign to people, um, and I'm probably going to need to take a little bit more time to explain some of these terms a little bit more. Maybe that's what I should do next, I guess, before I go. But I've got a little story to tell people tonight. And before I do that, maybe we should take a couple of questions and just kind of make sure everybody's, you know, on the same page. I don't want to move too fast. Oh, no problem. Um, no problem with that, uh, Big Bro. <clears throat> they will um... – my people will definitely come in and um you know give give the heads up. So let's let's go ahead and see see what this first caller. Let's use them as a barometer to see what they got going on. Uh caller from the two one five three hundred. Please turn your speakers down. Also turn your speakers down before we uh take you off mute so we won't have any feedback. Uh caller from the two one five your speakers are still turned up. Hello, caller from two one five. Okay, they may have they may have pressed their um pressed theirs by accident. Well we haven't lost any callers. Everyone is still in place. Big shout outs to my six seven eight, my three three sixes, my six one eight, seven one four, my Detroit's, my Charlotte, North Carolina, my Miami, uh and my Philadelphia and my New York's in the building tonight. We are Hanging out here with Yao Morris and Coach Kair. Uh Big shouts out to Misha up in Toronto. Uh, Ned Ma'at Ray down in Georgia. Uh, who was that? Mikael. 
Mikael Masters or Mike Masters and, of course, Ambitious and all the guests that we have, those are probably a lot of your folks, y'all, who don't have an account, but they're listening online. Uh, for those of you listening online, we will be streaming until 10 p.m. Eastern. Now, if we have wrapped it up by then, that will be the end of the show. But if not, we will have an um, extended part, but you would have to call in for that. Um, if you do want to uh, participate in the chat room, you would need to have an account like the people that you see in the um, in the chat already. Uh, if, you are, if anybody in the chat has a question, please feel free to type it out. Yeah, you'll just look down at the bottom of the screen and see if anybody, you just scroll down on the screen and see the chat room and see if anybody has anything. Right now they're just laid back right now, just listening to this, you know, this, this, this lovely dissertation that you're giving them. I'm going to check this 215 one more time and see that they get things straight. Uh, call from the 215, hello. Yeah, they probably going to came on by accident. Well, yeah, I have a question. You know, I, I like to let my audience go first, but what... And I pro- and this is probably a loaded question because I because I I kind of know the answer, but I want to hear it from you know how, how you're going to answer it. Uh, what were some of the motivation motivating factors of you saying I'm going to create my learning model and name it the Tower? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, um, there, there, there. Uh, it is a loaded question because I, I mean that that takes us into a whole direction there. Uh, the 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 lotus seraphim is is uh, is is very dear to me. It, it talks about an experience that I had that was followed up and and ended up just lasting for you know quite a few years. Uh, the tower is something that. It's not just from this lifetime. It goes back into previous lifetimes. Mm. So that people talked about the tower, they talked about it as um, a way of keeping things alive and keeping it from dying out so that some people were at the top of the tower and they were charged to remain secret, charged to keep their knowledge, and charged to you know keep everything pure. Then there were people in the middle floors in the tower, and they were charged to, you know, operate, to go out and get more stuff and go out and send stuff out so that people could use it and do stuff with it. And then there were the lower floors on the tower who actually did the work of taking this information, putting it out into society, and, uh, you know, getting some use out of it. Unfortunately, in some of these organizations, they became elite. They became elitists because they learned some of the secret information and they they just they became powerful, they became wealthy. And what they did was they said, Well the poor people, you know, they're not really uh, doing what they need to do. They're not really uh, they don't really deserve to do this. They're in another class of humanity and so eventually they, they, they oftentimes decided to just keep the information to themselves. The other issue is that, you know, people are very difficult sometimes. I mean, like right now, when you try to teach people some things, what happens? As soon as they get a teeny little tiny bit of information, they they run off and start teaching it themselves and say, I'm the originator of this thing and it's my thing. It, 
And we see it in society, you know. Somebody gets a computer thing, somebody else tries to get it first, file a patent on it, then file a lawsuit saying, well, you can't, you can't use this computer system because we it's ours. And, I mean, and a lot of this information was just kept out of the public domain because when people get it, they want to try to claim it as their own and try to put it to their specific use instead of what it's intended for. It's intended for us to be, become as close to God as we can get and to live the highest and best version of our life. But if everybody is fighting over it and everybody is caught up in the whole commercial monetary thing trying to make money, which, I mean, we've got to make money. I ain't mad at money. You know that. But at the same time, if one person tries to put a spin on the information because, you know, they see that as saying, well, that this way, this this information is only for people who were born in China. This information is only for people who were born in South America and Brazil, and other people can't use it. You know, then that's not really the the what's it, what the intention is. So that the the tower always worked to try to keep the information safe. So no matter what happened at the bottom floors of the tower. The more you came to the top of the tower, the more there was pressure to keep it pure and to keep it available and to keep it open to its original purpose. That is to help humanity live according to its original DNA. And in times, under certain social situations, the tower had to shut down. Towers had to shut down. Why? Because religion became so intolerant or some king or some army or some social movement became so prevalent that they did not allow any other type of expression. Sometimes for for years, towers had to shut down. And, you know, that was that. They went into hiding. They put their stuff. They wrote it down as much as they could. They kept a secret. They passed it down from father to son to father to son to grandson. And they looked for a time when they could open back up again. And so in, in the spirit of that, I call, I call this the Tower of Tantra. And I talk about the Lotus Seraphim because the Lotus Seraphim, many of the Seraphim don't have commerce with man. You know, they don't really deal with man. But some of the deities and the angels do. And so, you know, the Lotus Seraphim uh, is talking about freedom. You know, it's talking about stuff that is dealing with, you know, your pleasure, your, your 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 beautiful side. When the lotus, you know, it opens up whenever the sun comes out. And the concept of the lotus opening at night is like saying, even though there's no sun, this thing is opening up. Even though there's no, you know, logical reason why it should, it's opening up. And when you see the lotus fruit, it looks just like an auric, a cone of an aura of one of your chakras. So that when we talk about the lotus seraphim, we're talking about a scenario where the entities want mankind to know the things that are good for him, that will bring pleasure, that will bring healing, that will allow man to live a good life and to be happy. So that's where we come up with the concept of the Tower of Tantra. And we also talk about the Tower of Tantra because at the lower level, if the energy stays there, it's close to the earth and it really only deals with the lower parts of man's nature, you know, greed, 
lust, pleasure, and these things have their place. But the tower talks about the fact that we can get up above the earth, that we can rise up to, to different levels depending on what we're trying to achieve. And so, you know, when you get up to the second level, into the second dantian of the tower, we talk about healing. And the energy then can flow out and heal the hurts that, that people, that men and women have created in each other. And then, of course, you know, at some point in time, you, you want to take things up to a higher level than that. You want to take them up to the third dantian. And then when you're dealing with that side of mankind, you're talking about communing, you know, with the agencies of God, whatever, whatever your religion calls them to be. You talk about communing with that part of the Akashic Records. You're talking about communing with original knowledge, original stuff that's not corrupted. And so, you know, the top part of that tower is, is, is talking about being able to commune with the elementals, with the angels, with the deities, with the spirits, the ancestors, whatever you want to call them, so that you can always take things back to its original form so that you can get things back to what it really is supposed to be in the beginning before somebody corrupted it. And always what we find, at least in my experience, is that whenever you get to the highest level, it's the simplest, it makes the most sense, and it does the most good. So <clears throat> if we're not going to... Um, did, uh, first of all, has this has that somewhat answered? I know I've been evasive, but did that kind of answer your question a little bit? <laughs> oh, absolutely, 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 absolutely. It it really, um, I don't think it was evasive. You know, you gave people the information that you know that they needed, and that right now with I really like it how you're giving everybody baby food. You know, you know, not coming in because this is really. Like, this show is meeting my show where the original intent was for why I started this network. Because being um, studying with uh, Grandmaster Senyata Saraswati, author of Jewel in the Lotus, for over 10 years personally, and the rites of passage that was triple mandatory. Not just a regular mandatory, but like triple mandatory. And... um I have so much respect for authentic programs like this versus, as we call them, the dime store, uh, uh, dime store shops that people are throwing up. You know, with the snake, with the with the watered down snake oil. You know, so I, I mean that was that was why I came on. I, I I actually started my show out of frustration of seeing people. I would go in their chat rooms. And I would only have to ask them two questions, and there would be an argument. And the first question was, "What's your? Uh, who's your teacher?" And the second question was, "What's your lineage?" And it was it was always a fight. I was like, "Well, I know who my teacher is, and I don't have a problem. And I know I know my lineage and all that stuff." So um, uh, I was like, "Well, what's the problem?" And then. Like I and and the problem was some old charlatan shit was going on, so I said, you know what, the best thing you can do is don't try to fight the con, man. Educate the mark, you know, because the people are getting hustled out here because of you know they're 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 not knowing. Then I can take in the responsibility, take on the responsibility to share, 
you know, with um with people. So that's where I've been, you know, ever since ever since uh this is two and a half years. October will be my um third year on the air and we've reached almost uh a hundred thousand people worldwide. Now we've had all types of subjects of course. Um but we have I, I, I would say right now, um roughly well really all of my programming is 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 foundational in Tantra. So when I'm talking about sex, money or relationships at, at any podcast that a person has downloaded I can take you back and we can find out, you know, where where this, you know, where this relates back to Tantra in some way. I, I, I even own the the domain name the Tantric Lifestyle because it's so apropos and that's really where I come from as far as in my teaching. So I think this is I think this is a great subject you got here. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well I think that um one of the most fascinating aspects of this is, you know, how many of the themes in romance and literature are derived from some of this ancient practice. Yeah, before we do that, yeah, let's let them let me let them give them a chance to get a break, and let me let them take them to about half a song real quick. And I'm gonna also go step over here and um, switch phones because this battery's dying. So let me go ahead and take it over to something nice and mellow with a tantric background because uh, that might be the one of the questions I want to talk to you about. That's really basic, or it may lead into the next subject. You know, the power of the word yes and the and the power of the word no. And which one, you know, how 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 one of those could be a blockage and one of those could be a uh, freedom gateway. So let's take it over here to the song uh, by Flowetry. Yes, and we'll see them back in about two minutes. Peace. Okay. See, I've been watching you for a while, smiling and stuff, but I don't know if I can be with you for the night, alright? Dad, alright, baby, baby.
Back rocking with the best. This is original native radio, and it don't get no liver than this. You are rocking on the mic tonight with Master Yao Morris, talking tantra and lifestyle, giving you the basics of the Lotus Seraph and the Messenger Angel and the Tower of Tantra, the hierarchy. You know, this is the guts, the skeleton of tantra. You got to have that if you want to have any type of success in anything that you're doing. So just like if you're in Detroit doing hair, you know, you got to go get your basics done before you start doing them flip jobs and helicopters and all that stuff they be doing that's, you know, out of this world and things like that. So uh, the calling number tonight is 347-205-9089, 347-205-9089. We look forward to uh, this inaugural show. That's right, this is the inaugural show. So if you're on this show, put your hands together for yourself. Big up yourself. Classic. This is the first tantric show y'all's bringing in since that Venus transit in front of the sun. And I think that is just so apropos that we waited until such a monumentous occasion and the heavens was going on for us to introduce this topic to our listening audience. So, y'all, I know you were getting ready to take us into the uh, second half of the show. Go, uh, the, uh, the floor is yours, my brother. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh <clears throat> We were talking about, I think you asked a question concerning uh, the word yes and the word no. And, you know, it, it brings me back to my own personal life. Before I really, you know, knew a lot of this stuff, and I think um, <clears throat> a big part of why I was uh, stirred in that direction, why I was pushed in that direction to do some of this work is because I had a lot of frustration in my own life you know, trying to deal with women. Um, you know, I, I I was brought up in the country, and my mom put women on a pedestal. But there was four boys, and I had an older sister, much older than me, and she left home, and it was just the four boys. And my mom had her hands full, and, and I think what she did, you know, she had good intentions. But she really put women on a pedestal. I mean, she really did. And she, she just constantly, you know... Um, 
pushed us to like you know honor women, you know be nice to women, and you know you know women are worship women and all this kind of stuff like that. And and I I think she knew well we really weren't going to do that completely because <laughs> we were like little knuckleheads. But at the same time, I had this idealistic you know Disneyland. Um, kind of, you know, Mary Poppins kind of view of relationships, you know. And I went to the inner cities in the summer times with my cousins, and I saw the gritty stuff, and I'm like, okay, well, these people are the uh, rejects. These people are the uh, the exceptions. The re- You know, normal people don't function like that. Then I went to college and found out my mom was wrong. <laughs> I was the exception. I was the little, you know, person that was not in tune with what was really happening in the world. These people that I used to spend my summers with, this was the normal way people were rolling. And so it was a serious wake-up call for me, you know, to 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 get out into the world. You know, I went from Powhatan County to New York City, and that's where I had my first corporate job. So I was dealing with very sophisticated ladies, and it was very frustrating for me trying to reconcile my, you know, Disneyland view of the world with the real world that I discovered. So by the time I was 30, you know, I, I was pretty kind of, I guess, uh, pulled in and like not really trying to really, you know, um, like really uh, tell people everything. I was very secretive, very private. And it's like all you had to do was make a few mistakes and you were fired, <laughs> you know, because I had the experiences, you know. I'd been through, been through it with so many different women. I had good experiences too, but I was very guarded. And what happened is that they were basically saying, okay, well, the reason that this, this exists is because people like you didn't tell them this stuff. They kept it a secret that, you know, in the past lives, and in this current life, the people who know the real story aren't sharing it with everybody else. They're keeping these gems to themselves. So how come you know you're not you know you're you're not telling anybody about what what little that you know? And when I started changing and started sharing what I knew, then they started sharing more with me. Because at that time I really didn't know hardly anything, really. But because I was willing to open up and share with women and share with other men and start to tell them a little bit about what I was learning, they said, okay, well, since you're, you know, you're willing to share a little bit, we're going to share some stuff with you. And that's when all this information was dropped into my lap. I think that the one lesson that was paramount to me was this lesson of validation, that most women were not willing to validate a man, not just me, but not any man. It's just no matter what you did, white or black, rich or poor, they was not trying to validate you because at that time it's like our our role to power, the way we're going to get power is we're going to make pussy very valuable and we're going to make the process of obtaining our love very difficult. It's a scarcity model. And to do that, we have to invalidate you. And so I watched this, this dynamic at work and I was like, whoa, this is creating a really toxic environment here. And I watched the male reaction to that. You know, the male reaction was like, okay, if if you're going to commercialize sex and we got to go through all of these, jump through all of these hoops to get pleasure and validation, then we're going to invalidate you and consider you more 
as a sexual object than as a human being. I, I observed this whole piece, and it was it was even present in my own life. And then I began to understand the value of yes and no, because I understood, you know, the scarcity model versus the natural model of abundance. When I grew up in the Baptist church, they basically told me everything was supposed to be scarce. They said, you start out in sin, <laughs> you, are, you are nothing, you are unworthy, you have no value until you become redeemed, until you go through this process and get cleansed of your sins. And, you know, you go through this whole thing and you've got to get saved. And, and then after you die, then you're entitled to bliss. You've got to go to heaven and they got to put the stamp on you. they got to judge you. And if, you're, if everything is okay, okay, then you can have a little bit of fun. And I'm like, the egg. But the model that I saw in nature through the indigenous cultures was nature starts out putting you on the mound, putting you on the mountain, giving you everything you need, giving you abundance, and you end up reducing it. So I, I looked at the way that car companies were operating. They built cars to become obsolete, three years, so you had to buy another one. I looked at the computer industries. They, they, they invented everything so that it broke down and became obsolete in a year or two, so you had to buy more. They created scarcity. I looked at the grocery stores. I looked at, you know, I looked at um, uh, the, 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 uh, the music industry and how they, the technology of you know, when they were telling you to buy uh, cassette tapes, they already knew that CDs were coming. That they just kept kept it always. Whenever you got one thing, then they gave you another thing and said, "Okay, here's the next thing." So now you got to get rid of that and buy something else. So the whole thing with the mortgages, you know, they they added so much interest on you. Never paid that joint off. It was a scarcity model. And I remember sitting in boardrooms and listening to men plan this, literally sit there and say. We're going to create this thing so that it's going to run out. We're going to make it scarce so that they got to buy more sooner and keep us in business. And I thought this is exactly how relationships have become. Men and women were operating on this scarcity model based on no. And basically, they're going to create a pretty toxic, uh, messed up environment, which they have done that over my lifespan. I've watched as they've created this mess out here where, there's so many, so much going on now that it's like, whoa, you just sort of like want to step back and kind of try to get out of it all because it's such a mess, the whole relationship piece, this whole thing about yes and no. And, you know, I found that, you know, you can really change a woman by saying yes. You can really change it. I mean, a lot of the stuff that they're asking for, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to say yes to. But it's really nice when a woman can say, you know, and even maybe she doesn't even have to ask, but you say yes to it, and you give her something that she needs. And it's so empowering, you know, no strings attached. And when a woman does that same thing, when she's like, when she's in a yes in frame of mind and not in a no frame of mind, she's basically going against the grain. She's basically validating the man. And the, 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 the regular way, the way that we have learned to do it in our society today, regardless of how much money you make, regardless of what kind of car you drive, regardless of whether you're black, Asian, or Native American, regardless of your neighborhood that you live in, we've been taught the scarcity model. We've been taught that the more money you've got, 
the harder you've got to stay away from other people who don't have money. The more attractive you are, the more you've got to keep men from getting to you, from, from having access to you, from getting any of your pussy. And the more money a man makes, the more you know sexual power he has, the more he's got to put women through a lot of changes before they can get any pleasure from him. And this is exactly the opposite of natural dynamic of our DNA. Our DNA is built in a bottle of abundance. And so in trying to teach this, I've run into a great amount of obstacles because when people hear these things, it goes against the grain of what they've been taught in school, in religion, and through their parents, through their peers, through their own experience because life to them has been a life of scarcity. They've had to struggle for everything that they've got. They've had to fight. If you listen to the the stock market, they talk about supply and demand. And so they always are trying to keep supply just a little bit out of the reach of your demand so that they can keep the price up high. And basically what this keeps, this keeps poverty, sadness, and depression, and that kind of stuff. And in our relationship world, that's what we've created today. We've created this whole thing of supply and demand. We've created this commercial environment where everybody is really trying to keep stuff as scarce as possible, and nobody is happy. Myself, if you've seen how I roll when I do my stuff, we're all having fun up in that joint. We're all talking about, you know, a woman comes to us and says, well, I can't have a vaginal orgasm. We're saying, sweetheart, before we finish with you, you're going to have multiple orgasms to the point where you're going to be so tired. <laughs> you're going to be like, stop, let me kiss my breath, please. No more, no more, Mr. Bill. <laughs> and, and then we make it happen. And then we turn around and say, okay, well, uh, since you can't come to class all the time and you, you can't be on the table all the time to achieve this, bring your little boyfriend up in here and we teach you behind how to do it and you two can go back home and you don't need us anymore. We're not doing a supply-demand thing. You don't have to come to us all the time to get your little orgasm. Get your little boyfriend in here. We teach us, but he'll take you home and y'all can have your little orgasms, a little orgasm, a part of yourself. So, you know, the, the point is that when you start teaching people based on this natural paradigm of the tower, it goes against the grain of society, what people are taught. And people just sort of sit there, and it takes them a while to digest it because basically they're taught, well, you know, when they're teenagers, what's the first thing you teach girls? Keep your legs closed. Don't wear anything too revealing. Don't have any babies. Don't show your titties. Don't, you know, don't talk nice to men because they'll take advantage of you. Be careful. And from the age of nine, you see the young girls start to learn this, and they start right away, you know, you gotta, we gotta be, we got to be on our game. We've got to be one step ahead of the men. We've got to be... We've got to trick them. We've got to, to get what we want. We've got to be one step ahead of them. We've got, to, we've got to run some kind of a game on them. And you see the young men, by the time they're 16 or 17, they've already established these patterns of like, I'm not going to give women what they want. <laughs> I'm going to get what I want, and I'm not going to give them nothing. They're going to do what I want them to do because I'm going to trick them into doing it. And you see these young men, you know, in my own family where they, they learn these scripts, you know, of scarcity, from their peers and from the men who've gone before them in the generations past, and they look for the men who have the most access to women, who seem to be the most popular, who seem to get what they want without risking anything, and they pattern themselves after them, supply and demand, scarcity model. 
And then one day they wake up and they're unhappy. One day they wake up, they find that they didn't end up getting more than what they wanted. They didn't really get nothing but a toxic environment. And one day, whether we're poor or rich, whether we're very attractive, a 10 or a 2, we find that we're out here and we've got to deal with these people who are half crazy because we made them half crazy. So the yes and the no dynamic is, is very, very powerful. When we get to the portal that we talk about the counterfeit personality, this is part of the conversation. We talk about the table of validation. This table of validation has seven sections above and seven sections below the line. The line is a pH value of seven, which is normal, which is basically neutral. And so anything above the line is good. Anything below the line is bad. The table of validation talks about the fact that humans are built to receive appreciation, acknowledgement, acceptance, admiration, adoration, affection, and all of these things that are good, that make your blood more healthy, make you more healthy, make you live happy, make you be happy, and make you want to just wake up and be and enjoy every day. And that is when you are validated. When you look at everything below the line, we're talking about rejection, non-acceptance, belittlement, uh, revulsion, hatred, uh, apathy, all of these things below the line are the lack of validation. And what we are teaching our children, what we are teaching them, not what society is teaching us, but what we are teaching our children and what the media is teaching our children is to give out all the things below the line. And then we wonder why we wake up one day and everything seems to be against us. So this whole thing about the counterfeit personality and the architecture here, when we start talking about these five modes of architecture in the tower, one of the most difficult ones is this whole thing with the persona and our belief systems. And when people come into the classes of the Grand Trine, that's one of the, the, the greatest struggles they've got, is to try to reverse their persona structure, their false belief systems. The belief that if if I opened up to women, if I adore women, if I really give what what I have to women, if I just don't you know don't hold back, if I let them have what they want, I'm gonna end up tricked. I'm gonna end up sad. I'm gonna end up alone. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna mess with me. And so and it's a, and it's a false belief. But that person has had an experience where these things have actually happened to him. So when you're sitting there telling him not to do that anymore, he's telling you, oh, wait a minute, Mr. Bill. The last time I was nice to a woman, she took me for granted. And so you have to try to get them to reverse, even though his history, his own personal history, tends to want to tell him that that's not true, that you can't be nice to women. Because in the past, he was nice to women. They didn't, they didn't, do, they didn't validate him. And this whole concept of validation and our false belief system is like monstrous because, you know, you've got to get people to change one person at a time, and they have to be able to walk out of the door, out of the class, out away from the, the, the supportive environment inside the class, inside the Grand Trine family. They have to go out there to the real world and experience all these other people who are still operating on the scarcity model, who are still trying to take you, trying to abuse you, they still have to go out there and try to sift through this crap 
and found a few good people that will validate them, that they can share this beauty with. So this this whole piece of the um, the yes and the no, myself, I really want to say yes all the time. But the reality is, you know, a lot of women out here I, I just can't say yes to because they just they're still operating on a scarcity model. And it hurts you to want to say no, but they're just not ready for you to say yes to them because they're still thinking that if you say yes, then, you know, they can take from you and not give anything back. And it's the same thing, you know, with money. You know, as long as you're dealing with people who want to constantly take your money but don't want to share anything with you, you're going to be in poverty. So you've got to say to yourself, well, I can't say yes to every store, every merchant, every website that's trying to sell me something. I've got to say no until they start validating me. This this whole case of these architectures, man, is like a major, major piece because you see why your energy won't move, why you can't give a woman a half hour's worth of orgasms. There's nothing wrong with your penis. Nothing wrong with, you know... What's wrong with you is your false belief systems are choking your energy because you feel invalidated, and therefore you can't give that energy out. Your energy is stopped up, and you want to do all of this stuff, and we can teach you the techniques, but you still can't do it. So in the tower, we have seven gateways, seven portals operational, and five gateways, five portals that are architectural. And when you start changing this architecture, then all of a sudden you start opening up these valves, opening up these portals, opening up these acupuncture meridians, opening up these chakras, opening up these brain dendrite patterns, and opening up your body in a way that you can't, you couldn't believe. And then all of a sudden you find that the true model of nature is a model of abundance. It's a model of validation. It says, when you see a rose, say it's beautiful. Give it some water. Give it some fertilizer because it's beautiful. Acknowledge it, appreciate it, and take action based on what you see and keep on, keep it moving. Don't destroy it. Let the next person view that beauty. What do we do? We see something beautiful out here in the world and we want to hate on it. We want to say, well, you know, just because I don't have a Mercedes, the guy riding down the street with a Mercedes, he's got to be arrogant. He's got to be a bastard, you know. That's just not necessarily true. He might be a great guy. And when you do that, when you take that profile, you slow down and stop up your energy so that when you get into the bedroom, you want to be King Tut, but, you know, you're, you're a Minnie Mouse. You, you, you can't do it. So I want to stop a second before I go on to the next topic and give you a chance to do what we need to do. Do we need to take questions or where where are we? Um, you know, should I continue or do we want to take a break and do something different? Uh, I just want to say that was spot on as far as, you know, just delivering that how the need to, for, for deprogramming before we can reprogram. I'm always on that. Um, if uh, the calling number is three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine, like I said, none of the callers have moved, but nobody's raised their hand 
either. So I guess if nobody has any questions, we're going to um, keep it moving. But I do hope, sincerely hope, that y'all are out there taking some notes. Um, and as we move forward, we you know what I'm saying, y'all are able to um, catch up. Because really tonight is like a history lesson. Like y'all is covering, like, to me, what I would call all the bullshit games that we that men and women play. That probably could have been, the you know, uh, the name of that last section. You know, bullshit that we've been taught that we still want to play, that we still think that on some levels is still quite successful of generating some low-level energy. But we're here to say, look, what is your optimum wellness? What is your optimum uh, potential? That's what that's what we're here to do. So, um, like I said, if any of y'all got any questions or anything like that, please press one or call in three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. We thank everybody for chiming in tonight and listening. We thanks everybody for um, who came in the chat and for everybody who's gonna listen to the download. Appreciate it. All right, y'all. The floor is back to you. Can I talk about men with small penises and not a lot of money? And can I talk about overweight women who are with low self-esteem? Can I talk about Only if I can get in. Only if I can get in. Because, Lord, only if you would talk about how the overweight women with low self-esteem are using the sexual toys to substitute their communication with men which causes them to gain weight around the waistline because the clitoris is a reflexology point to the kidneys. I, I'll only let you talk about it if you're going to put all that in there together. I, I'll try to hit that a little bit, and we we got a show coming up where we're going to work on that whole clitoris piece. Well, I, before I finish with you all, uh, you, you, the clitoris, you're going to think of the clitoris like a gear shift in a car. Amen, amen. I'm in the private chat with somebody right now on some gear shift action. Amen. But at, at, at least you know it would be my pleasure. I just want to just just wanted to say that I, I don't want to be too lewd. I'm glad I can't see who I'm private chatting with. All right, please go ahead. So, one of the 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 the, the destructive criminals that I've met was a man with a small penis. When you saw the brother, he was about you know, about six feet tall, average size, but he had a good build. He looked very masculine, strong chin. Brother had a small penis. When I say small, under five inches, you know, I'm I'm not going to get into the details of it, but but it was small. And not only that, he thought it was small. And I don't know what happened to him when he was young, but I know on two or three occasions he would just mention that some really – Damaging stuff happened to him. He didn't want to go into details. I'm assuming it was too painful. I won't even go into why the brother and I had the dialogue in the first place, but let's just say that this brother was a criminal. He was breaking into people's houses, stealing cars. He spent his life doing stuff to hurt people. What surprised me was that when I, you know, when the brother was, was going to court, when he was caught and this all came up, and, and he wrote about it in the paper, you know, I didn't know that he was doing this stuff. So I went to the brother and I said, you know, well, why did you do all of this? Because you have education. You have this, you have that. You could have got a job. You could have done this. You could have done this other stuff. And what the brother told me was he's 
angry at society. He's been angry at society, especially women, because of his situation. He didn't want to say what his situation was, but I knew. And I, I talked to him for a while, and I left there. I left that prison cell with a newfound understanding of invalidation and the value of Tantra. At that time, I didn't know about as much about Tantra as I know now. But the thing about Tantra is this. When they were creating Tantra and they were creating the power, they were creating it so that no matter what you start out with, you can get to your natural DNA place. So a man with a small penis can still give a woman a half hour's worth of orgasms. Easy. I can do it without a penis at all. I can give a woman more sex with my hands without touching her than most of them had for 10 years in the bedroom. How do we do it? Through energy. Now, I'm not saying that we should all just put our penises away and don't use them no more. (laughs) I ain't saying that at all. I'm just saying that there's an equalizer out there. Suppose this brother had known how to do Tantra work. Suppose he had known these 12 porters and how to change everything. Then, yes, he would have got some rough comments from these women and everything. But if he had learned these techniques, he would have been able to satisfy women beyond what most of them are satisfied. And maybe they would have overlooked his small penis. And maybe he never would have started on his five-year rampage of crime. And all of these people who was hurt, places broken into, beat, car stolen, maybe none of that would have happened. I want to talk about this woman who, you know, committed suicide. And a lot of people made a lot of excuses about why she committed suicide, but the real truth was that she was severely overweight, her health was failing, she never had any kids, she never had a real good relationship, and she was sexually exceptionally frustrated. Just to give some background on the whole thing about the Tantra and the architecture piece, one of the things that happens to us when we start gaining weight is that we start storing the toxins in fat cells, and these toxins that are stored in fat cells are also attract negative memories. So we have these negative memories. I had to do that, man. I, I wasn't in a, That was just a shout-out because I see that so much. I just had I, – I, I didn't mean to cut your wisdom, but I know you're getting ready to go in and pause it right there because it, I know of a, a, a older sister who has not had sex in a long time and has gained weight and – calling themselves obese and they're really not but those same negative feelings about themselves and that and that toxic attitude is trapped trapped in their psyche and their feelings about themselves so thank you thank you thank you thank you for touching on that it's in the cells it's actually in the cells in the toxic these toxins that's in our cells the toxic memories are attached to it it's just like they're almost like extra brain cells down on our thighs, but and it's storing a particular type of memory, not the same type of memory that's in your brain, but it's a memory nonetheless, and we're, we're, we're hanging to it, we're, we're, we're clinging to it. And so when these architectural programs that we talk about in the tower, these portals, they're designed based on our DNA. Therefore, when you start doing these types of programs, 
when you start going through this type of bioarchitecture, people naturally lose weight. Why? Because when you start to go back to your original DNA, it starts to look at how you are not in alignment with your original DNA, and it starts to try to get rid of anything that doesn't match the original blueprint. And this way, women have been able to lose weight. More importantly, they lose the negative memories. Why do they lose the weight? Because the memories have to go. They have to get out. Because they're not, they're not, they don't match the original blueprint. So when we look at a woman who has low self-esteem, who's 300 pounds, and, and I mean, there are some women 200 pounds that look good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not amen, trying to say amen, amen, I'm not amen. Trying to say overweight women look bad. I'm not trying to say that. I'm talking about that, that this particular woman, she believes she didn't look good. She believed, that's what she believed, and she believed that she was unattractive, and she had a lot of negative experiences, and she was clinging to them. And one day, we don't know the specifics, but she just committed suicide, and it shattered some people's lives. It shattered some people's lives, the people that she left behind. It shattered their lives, but they felt powerless when she was alive to do anything to help her. And my point about this is, is that Tantra is not here solely for people to have better orgasms. It's not here for orgies. I mean, well, maybe so, but I'm just saying it's not here as some exotic thing that you learn because you want to be one step ahead of your neighbors. This stuff has practical applications to make real change in something that has a real meaning to you and that there are venues of architecture that allow you to change and go through transitions back to your original self that help you to get past stuff that you may think you can't get past. So I say, you know, what would have happened if this woman had been able to get this information and had been able to go through some programs where she could, you know, change and see some light at the end of the tunnel? Then the people that she left behind, these five people who were left when she died, who were for years broken because she wasn't there anymore, that wouldn't have happened. And it's about validation. She didn't feel that she ever had a chance, that she was not going to get a chance to be validated in her life. She looked in the future for her and said, no matter what I do, I'm not going to be validated. Nobody's going to validate me, not men, not even the women. And when she saw that there was no chance of her getting validated, according to the way she was looking at it, she didn't feel there was any reason to move on. I'm, I'm reading her mind. That may not be exactly how it happened, but I think I'm close to it. So we've got a bunch of people out here today who don't feel validated. And I'm saying that, you know, this power, this story that I'm telling you, this, what we're, this series of programs that I'm going to do are going to show you the science of, and power of Tantra and how it can change you. I created the Grand Trine program over 10 years after I learned all of this stuff and practiced it and studied it and proved that it could work. Then 10 years I spent learning, you know, building the Grand Trine system. The Grand Trine system is the way that I take this information 
and put it into effect in people's lives. <clears throat> all of the information in the tower and stuff is too complicated for most people to want to, to learn all of that, and it's it's it gets pretty technical, it gets pretty esoteric, and I'm not trying to say people need to learn all of that stuff. I'm not trying to say that. So I created the Grand Trine Program and its five levels, and the Grand Trine Program takes this information, puts it into a format people can get easy, and boom, you go, you take the class, you spend a few weekends, and then boom, you're able to do the stuff. You may not understand all of the tower and all of this technical stuff, but you're able to do some of it. And by the time you get to level five, you, you have mastered a big part of it. But the point that I really want to make here as we're telling the story is that this has happened many times in the past. Over the years, people have tried to bring aspects of this back. I don't know all of their stories. When I was doing the Amarma Project, I heard tales about people from the past who came along, tried to resurrect these towers, tried to bring this knowledge back, and some were successful and some were not as successful. But, the, but you know, when they were successful to some extent, it made a big impact on the people in their village, tribe, or society. And that's the point that we're trying to do here. I, I want, you know, hope and pray that everyone who's teaching Tantra and practicing Tantra will listen to this, even if they don't agree with all of it, but try to take away something from it that may help them practice and teach better. I'm not mad at people who have their own system and it's not, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't jive or line up with my system. I mean, at one time, I didn't know anything about Tantra and some, I had to read somebody's book or I had to, somebody had to teach me. I had to learn, you know, I had to be teachable. I had to be willing to change. I had to be flexible. I had to try to decide who should I listen to and who should I not listen to and then try to take the right action based on that. And today I am still very teachable. In fact, I have become more teachable now than I ever was because the more I know, the more I realize I really don't know that much. This story of the Tower of Tantra, that we want to take people up and down the elevator. As we go through these series each week, we want to stop at different floors, get off, and look at all the sights and sounds there. And we want to see what's going on in our five organs and why it's affecting us in such a way, not only physically but emotionally. We want to go up and down this elevator and we want to stop at yoga and find out what was yoga really all about and why is it so popular today and what is missing from some people's yoga practice in respect to Tantra. We want to talk about, we want to go up to the floor on projection and say, what can we do with projection of energy, of kundalini energy? And we see that right away, we can use projection on a massage table, doing what is called table work, to help people overcome imbalances and energy blockages in their body, or just to give people pleasure as a means of foreplay. And, of course, the main function of projection is during intimacy, where you project your energy into the opposite sex in addition to just having sex with them. And the experience is, like, multiplied, like, you know, to the next power, so that not only are you having sex, 
but you're projecting energy into them. This energy is going into all these different meridians and places and chakras and doing all of this stuff, and they're just having all this fun, and it just makes sex like, whoa, it's like a, it's a whole other ball game. And then, of course, we can use projection for healing because a lot of times, you know, you can't have as much fun with your partner as you want to have because they got stuff that needs to be healed in the reproductive system, so we can use projection for that. Then we get back on the elevator, and we're going to go to different floors and talk about diet, and we're going to talk about it in the way most people aren't talking about it, because we're going to be talking about diet, intestines, supplements, water, and stuff like that, how it can affect your sexual energy, how it affects your relationship mentality. Because, I mean, I know women that they get, I don't want to use that B word, but they get testy. They start turning, they start, their heifer personality starts to come out <laughs> when they get dehydrated. And I'm like, what is going on with this woman? And I'm like, okay, get some alkaline water and make her drink it. And then, boom, she starts turning into a different personality. Same thing with PMS, you know. I, I didn't know about PMS when I was a young man. And I used to run into the PMS buzzsaw. You know, you'd be like... <laughs> trying to get women to do stuff, trying to have a conversation, trying to do something that's like you have to have a whole another state of mind if you're going to see a show and she's on PMS, she's on her cycle, or she's not. I, I You know, I was like, dang, you got to almost like try to schedule your activities around her menstrual cycle. And I'm like, what kind of way is this to live? It don't have to be like that. When you understand this dynamic of how this stuff works, you stop off on the diet floor of the portal of the tower and you start investigating what's going on in the cells, what's going on here with the intestines now doing this whole thing we call a menstrual cycle. How can I alleviate these symptoms, this inflammation, this hormonal swings? How can I alleviate that so that the woman's personality is the same on cycle as off cycle so that when we go into the show, we're still having the same amount of fun and I don't have to be tense and, you know, watching every word that I say. So we're, we're telling the story, you know, we're telling the story about men who are overly aggressive. You sit there and say something, you know, innocent to him, and he snaps at you. And it's like you think he's almost, he looks like he's going to jump up and come over there and choke you. And you're like, well, why? What's going on with this brother? You know, and a lot of times you've got to go to the intestine floor, get off the elevator, walk out there and start looking at all of what's on this floor of the tower and see what's going on with this brother's testosterone and what's going on, you know, with that whole piece of, you know, he's getting this testosterone in his brain and there's not the balance, there's no balance to it. It's out of balance. And so his brain is bathed in all of this testosterone. He's aggressive as heck, but he's not, his, his neurochemistry is off, his water is off, and so the brother has all this testosterone on his brain. He wants to, he feels like almost like he's on steroids or something. He wants to hit somebody almost, it seems. And th that's not his natural personality. When you balance the brain out and everything, all of a sudden, the brother stops being so aggressive, so controlling, so ridiculous. This is our story this story of the Tower of Tantra. And we see on all of these floors secrets, things that have been kept from us. These things have value. We look at the brain and we understand 
the brain and the spine and what type, how important a portal this is. We learned that the brain and the mind are two separate things. The mind is intangible. It's thoughts. It's a stream of consciousness that really doesn't even have to be attached to our body for that matter, even though most of the times it is. And, and and so you can look at the brain as like a TV set and the mind is like the signal coming in from the from the TV station. But the brain is physical. And so the mind has a way that it tends to operate. But what happens is over time, the brain tries to anticipate what the mind is going to do and the brain develops physical things called dendrite patterns. They're circuits, circuitry, high-level circuitry, basically synaptic connections between neurons that are easily repeatable so that it's almost like, not exactly, it's almost like a spider web develops in your brain to connect tens of thousands of neurons together to achieve a particular reflex action in a particular sequence so that you can tie your shoelaces, so that you can stand up and walk. Uh, It controls your heartbeat, controls uh, how you make love, controls your weight. And you have all of these different dendrite patterns, but the older you get, the dendrite patterns become compounded, complex, and it's just like a scab on a wound. You start putting one structure over top of another, and you start getting these dendrite patterns so compounded and so whatever that they become cumbersome and they become a hindrance to you. And then you find that the brain is not capable of doing what the mind wants to do. It has these ruts in the road, And so the wheels want to always go back to the ruts instead of doing what they need to do. So we have to change the dendrite patterns in the brain, dismantle them to some extent, and let the brain go back to its natural, original state again before it had all of these dendrite patterns where it's trying to anticipate the mind based on your life history. And we find that when we erase some dendrite patterns, because it's very difficult to erase them all, that people find it easier to change their weight, to change old habits, to stop smoking, and most importantly, to change their bedroom performance. So we find that a lot of men are sitting up here with a particular dendrite pattern that says, you know, I can make love for 18 minutes, and after that, I'm done. And when I ejaculate, I have to climax at the same time, and that's the end of it. When your natural DNA is saying you can orgasm five or six times as a man before you have to ejaculate, and you don't have to set any particular time limit on it at all if you don't want to. I mean, it's, it's hard to completely change it, but it is possible. So we're going to take this, this uh, journey during this course, and we're going to look at all of these different portals. We're going to look at acupuncture and find out why if you put moxibuction pin on spleen six at one particular time of the year, it doesn't do very much. If you do it at the time of year that corresponds to your to the cycle, to the rites of passage cycle, to the bioarchitecture, bam, you have an amazing clearing. Mucus comes out, you stuff happens, you open up, you feel all this energy, you sleep better, and it's like a, a great elixir. 
Yeah, Say hold that. on one second. Let me make an announcement because I know you probably got about at least another 10 or 15 in you. We got about two minutes before the call is going to stop streaming uh, online. So if you are listening through your computer and you are <clears throat> in the chat room and you're not on the phone, you want to call in right now because the call is going to drop in about two minutes. Um, 347-205-9089 Please call in now Or you will miss the latter part of the show What we like to affectionately call the after party And if anybody was online Tuesday You know that sometimes the after party May go into another gear Now we may be on there 10 minutes We may be on another full hour but I can't make any promises. So it, the, the brother is is definitely on a, on a delicate subject right now, um, getting all kind of feedback in the chat about how this is a great um, this is a great show. I've got some people texting me saying they want to start start studying tantra more, you know. And and if even if bedroom performance is one of the main motivating factors, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. So. Um, I look forward to how this thing is going to turn out as we move into the uh, as we move into this last last any seconds of the um, streaming live. So if you you need to call in, if you're on the phone, you're good. Yeah, I was back to you. I'm, I'm wrapping up basically now, to be honest with you. So it's not going to be going that many more minutes. Um, I basically just want to go back over the tower one last time and talk about this story that we're going to tell at these shows coming up. Um, we're going to look at the brain, the organs, the qigong, the yoga, the projection, the acupuncture, the reflect, uh, the, the diet, all of these things in a different way than we've looked at them before. Some of you are familiar with these things, some aren't. We're going to come up with a new language. We're going to be talking about counterfeit personality. <clears throat> we're going to define it. We're going to talk about intestines. And when we're talking about intestines, we're going to be talking about it different than what we've talked about it before. We're going to talk about mantra, and we're going to de redefine what mantra means. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, bioarchitecture and rites of passage, and we're going to introduce terms in there that perhaps you haven't heard before. The lotus seraphim has another language. It uses a different language. It sees human beings not as they have become. It sees them as their DNA template makes them out to be. The lotus seraphim looks at people and it sees God becoming. It sees us becoming God. We look at these, especially when we do the programs on the part of the tower that deals with the architectural portals. It's fascinating. Because we're going to talk about these seven, these every seven years you go through these kinds of passage and what happens. We're going to talk about this emotional body and how we trap these false beliefs in ourselves and how we release them and how this blocks your energy and keeps you from being sexually potent. We're going to talk about mantra. What a topic. Because, you know, you, you talk about sex. I used to do some really freaky stuff, but my freaky stuff is different from other people's freaky stuff. I used to lay women on the bed naked and blow cigar smoke over them. And they would look at me and laugh when they saw me lighting up a cigar. They're like, wait a minute. You know, I'm sitting here in my panties and stuff, and you lighting up a cigar. What's up? <laughs> we, we ain't had sex yet. You already, 
you already ready for some smoke? I was like, and then I would blow the smoke on them. Why? So that an elemental, an air elemental can come around. And once the air elemental was covering their body, then I would do a sound and I would vibrate her. And after about 10 minutes, they would come to an orgasm. Never happened like that before. And that was freaky. So they would be looking at you like real strange. Because <laughs> they'd be like, what the hell? You know, and this is the stuff that we're, you know, we, we can't teach that in level one, of course. But when we get to like level three, we start teaching that stuff. Like you can put women in salt water or you can put a man in salt water. You don't have to be a woman. I, I always talk about women because I'm dealing with women. You can put a man in a saltwater bath, and you can vibrate the water, bring an elemental energy into it, and bam, you can do some stuff that you would be like, oh, wow, that's 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 interesting. So when we get with this whole thing about mantra, it's talking about vibration, powerful, powerful, powerful portal, where we change our vibrational structure, <clears throat> where we find out that all of this information and stuff in our DNA sleeping. It's just laying there, sleep snoozing, like, you know, cutting logs. And, you know, some of the stuff, when you wake it up, it's like, whoa, okay, this is like real valuable stuff to have awake. Let's put this joint to work. Like, We don't want it to be sleeping no more. We're going to talk about how we wake some of these things up with mantra. And I know some of my advanced students out there listening are laughing right now because they've done some of this stuff where, you know, I'll tell them to go home and chant a particular note. You know, like the note ma over their mate right before they have sex. And they do this and I know they feel fun they feel foolish the first time they do it <laughs> until they see the result and then they're like, Oh snap <laughs> So we're gonna get freaky with this, we're gonna have fun with this in spite of Gracie. We're going to do what we gotta do. It's gonna be a blast. We're gonna, you know, every week we're going to open up a new uh, subject, and you're going to see that the lotus seraphim is a very beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story, very, very beautiful story. And so, my friend, I think we've said enough for one night. we set the stage, talking about the foundation, and I want to thank everybody that listened. I want to thank everybody who um, who honored us by taking some of their time and um uh, and investing it in us. Um, I hope that they're going to listen again next week. I promise. I'm going to try to make it as interesting as I can. Uh, we didn't get into a lot of specifics tonight, of course, because we're setting the stage. We're, you know, talking about the foundation. We're down in the basement still. We haven't gotten to the first floor yet, and it probably is going to be a couple of more shows before we get up to the first floor. But I promise you, I promise you, when we get to the first floor, it's going to be a beautiful house with a beautiful living room and a beautiful functional kitchen, and all of the, the decorations are going to be, like, superb, and it's going to be like one of these houses that you look at in the magazines and you're like, I want to live there. You know what I'm saying? I want to be up in that joint. So I want to thank you, Coach Kair, for having me on and for creating this environment for us to have this discussion. I uh, I want to thank you for being who you are and, uh, you know, having patience with people, taking so much time to communicate with them and to try to uplift their life. 
Uh, I, you know, want to say that, you know, you have strived and you have shown that you are becoming a greater and greater beacon of light to ships out on sea who are trying to find their way back to shore. And we need every lighthouse we can these days because there's a lot of ships crashing up against the, the shoals and whatever. And um, I've enjoyed doing the program tonight, and I'm out. Well, wait a minute, man. I'm daggone. I got, I got to, uh, we still got to uh, handle some commerce out here. People need to know how they can get in contact with y'all. What's your website? Do you want them to shoot you emails? Uh, you have books to sell. See, I have a, I have an enterprising uh, network. My people <laughs> love to, to, to share and understand the uh, first part of coming out of poverty consciousness is to support one another. You know, I had a brother, I didn't even do a show last night and, and got an email yesterday and a brother gave me a $10 donation, you know, just from some show he heard last week when we were saying, you know, support, you know, saying uh, support, you know, don't just download the program and listen to it, but, you know, put something behind it so it'll be more fruitful to it. And so um, we have those type of people out here who are like, oh, he can't leave yet. How do we get in contact with him? So. My audience is not like just a regular audience. You know, they want to they wanna know some of those things. And the last thing you said made me bring up one of my most interesting stories of you saying, oh, he's a light bearer. And I know a lot of people from the uh, Juju Mama family are over, you know, listening tonight. And I'm in one of their rooms, the Progressive Love Room. And I use a lot of your techniques in the room, and people say, oh, you're an agitator, you're an asshole, da-da-da-da-da-da. But I'm saying if Yao was here, he would think this was so funny. And, I, and I'm just laughing my ass off, and they're looking saying, I can't believe he just said that. Or, oh, he hurt my feelings on purpose, or he's attacking me, or he's such a bad guy, and you know, Rakim and Kenya always coming back saying, Kaye, all these women are complaining about you. And I'm saying, these women are wounded. You know, wh what is the, what, what is the, um, and, and they want to get it in a way they've never, ever, ever, ever been taught or conditioned to receive. And the way they've been conditioned to receive what they think is healing is really even more detrimental to them. You know, when that necessary young energy is there, they have opportunities to um, to be submissive to 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 and 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 they all and I and not always, but I have so many of them saying, "Oh, I'm shut down," or uh, "I don't trust men," and all of these things. I say, "Well, this is where you're going to practice at because if everybody is in here just trying to have sex with one another." That's the same paradigm that we came up in that leads to 60 and 70% divorce rate in the African-American community. So I want to say big ups to the people who are not disgusted with Kair over in the, you know what I'm saying, in the Juju Mama uh, 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 discussion room. Big shouts out to the Blue Butterflies for all the things that they have going on over there, what they're doing, you know. I, I I totally support. You understand? I have these shows, you know, for you know what I'm saying, for that purpose and it's and it's such a good outlet 
for me to come over here and really be, you know what I'm saying, be myself. Because when I have to get, you know, I have to match somebody pound for pound as an Internet keyboard gangster, that's not the real me, you know. But I'm really just seeing how people are responding and the need that they have for these type of authentic teachings and how they think it's so natural to just wreck their ship up on the rocks. And I'm just like, wow, you know. So, I, I, you know, I was like, wow. Some people who are hearing you say that are like, Kaya must have paid y'all to say that, you know. <laughs> oh, y'all, no, y'all, I, no I, I can tell you, let me just stop you for a second. Kair is not going to accept money to say something on the air, and Yao probably even more so. You know, <laughs> you know, I will criticize you in a heartbeat and have off the right. air, of course. So you know that. So when you're saying something, basically it's probably because you mean it. And if I say something, I think you know we can pretty much wrap up that uh, it's probably surprised you, but. You know, no, I mean that. Because it's true. A lot of the lights have gone. People have beat up on them so bad, they stopped shining on them. And they're gone. They're doing something different. They're not out here doing this kind of stuff. Because let me tell you, you know, I am no millionaire. When I did the Amarmor Project, I spent more money than I made during those seven years. So, you know, it's like you're swimming up against the stream sometimes. I'm doing much better now, but at the same time, you know, I think that uh, people have to show you some validation. Uh, I'm not talking about me. I'm saying your audience in the chat room over there. And, and you know, Juju Mama and Rakim and me, <laughs> when we get together, we laugh about the same kind of stuff. I mean, I love both of them. I love what they're doing. And uh, and I know what you're saying. Sometimes you get, you get caught up in the ringer over there. But no, um, however at any one particular moment, people may jump on you about something. The long-term outcome of, of these programs have been to uplift and shine a light so that people can see and people can improve and get a benefit out of it. There's a lot of stuff out here that's just entertainment. And I love to be entertained. No, and I, I'm not down on that. I love to be entertained. I believe life is about experience. And, and so entertainment is more important than education to me, but but you've got to have the education, too. You've got to have it. Otherwise, it just you just really get screwed up. And people need to validate that. They need to validate what you're doing. They need to admit that this has value and it has helped a lot of people. So I don't have any problem doing that because it's true. Well, I appreciate that. Big shout-outs. But where's, where's, my, where's my stuff at? i got to stay on top of my, 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 my stuff here. Well, let me, let, me, let me give you that little quick stuff real quick. The book that I'm pushing right now is Awakening the Master Feminine, and I'm getting ready to kick off a tour all summer long where I'm going to be traveling and doing book signings for this book, Awakening the Master Feminine. And here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to sell enough books so I can finally print the book, Awakening the Master Masculine. Let me give you a little background. Awakening the Master Feminine was written years ago. It was sitting in the, in, in, in the trunk, you know, in the box with all my other books that's unpublished because, you know, it's hard to sell books if you don't have a big structure behind you, and I didn't have it at the time. And I started teaching a lecture, a series of lectures on Awakening the Master Feminine. They were designed for men. The book is designed for a man. It's a man's operating manual for a woman. <laughs> so 
The women heard these things, heard what I was trying to teach the men. They said, you've got to put this book out there. So I did. I published Awakening the Master Feminine. And what happens? More women buy the book than men. It's like, okay, the women are saying they love the book. The men, it's, it's a hard sell. But there's a second book, Awakening the Master Masculine, which is for men and women. It's really, I guess, it's probably going to be written for men, I guess, at this point. But I'm trying to make enough money this summer from selling Awakening the Master Feminine so that I can print up the companion book so women can know as much about men as men can know about women. The other thing is we're doing these classes. So my website is www.masteryao.com, www.masteryao.com. If you want to contribute, get on there and buy a book. And, you know, we'll give people rates if they buy more than one. We'll, you know, call us up. We'll work something out with you, whatever, whatever. We're going to be doing the Grand Trine programs all across uh, the land. We've picked out seven cities where we're focusing on. And right now, the focus this summer of the tour is to, we're going to be in California July 7th. We're going to be in uh, Southern Virginia July uh, June 16th. We're going to be in Newark, New Jersey with Sirius Brother uh, June 30th. That's going to be like half a, a meet and greet and half a, a social event. We're really going to have a party more than anything. Okay? We're really just going to bring a lot of cute women, a lot of cute guys. And just Where is that going to be? Yeah, yeah. Where is that going to be? It's Newark, New Jersey, June 30th. Ah, <laughs> it's going to be I got to be in Greenville. Oh, bummer. Where's the next one of those going to be at? It's going to be one of those parties that people criticized me for, like the ones we had in Baltimore and then in D.C., where everybody was up till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning acting a fool. You mean like and the one we had in Greensboro where we had 25 women orgasming at the same time over at A&T back in uh, 2000 and, what was that, 2000 and, in 2006, I think people, no, no, I think it was 2008. No, 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 it was, it, it was August 2009. I think we had 50 people over there, 25 women, 25 men, and, uh, they thought I it was over at no. 11 o'clock, and we switched rooms and went to about 4.30 in the morning. I can't do that anymore because people, are, we got into some, so much trouble because, you know, the, the young girls and everything, when they found out that we had all these young girls orgasming and stuff, people didn't take it kindly. So now we have more adult parties. I mean, we still have women and men there who are young, but they're over 18. Let me just make that clear. And, you know, we do it now in more private venues hotel suites and stuff, that's where the after party is. And we tell people, you know, keep it, you know, keep it, you know, honorable, you know, try to stand up straight. So, But we do have some serious fun, and in Newark, it's going to be off the chain. We're going to bring some of the advanced students from uh, Pittsburgh, um, New York, and um, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, Baltimore up there, and Serious Brother, he has his little crew up there of people who are, you know, they're, they're just, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say what I want to say, but <laughs> they are definitely up to no good. They're trying to get people in trouble, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun day. We're going to talk talk about time. We're going to talk about the programs, and we're going to take care of a little business too, sell some books and stuff. But the main thing we're going up there is the party, and we're going to be down there to see Atlanta. I think it's July the 18th, I say, or 14th. I'm not sure. I think it's the um, I think it's the 14th. It's a Saturday. Then uh, uh, California, July 7th, and uh, Orange County. 
Then we're going to, I think, Detroit after that in early August, and then the um, back to Baltimore, I believe. I think we're coming back to Baltimore. So it's Baltimore, Newark, uh, Atlanta, L.A., and Detroit. Those are the five cities we're focusing on this summer. We're going to go, we're just going to do a rotation. We're going to do a meet and greet social function where we have some fun. We're going to come back and do the short, the, the level one class, which is like, you know, uh, two weekends, basically, uh, and a bunch of stuff going on in between. And then we're going to do the, you know, then, of course, some people are going to want to go to level two where you get real, real serious, and that's where all, you know, a lot of real serious stuff starts to happen. But, you know, between all of that, the book Awakening the Master Feminine and Awakening the Master Masculine really, really are the foundation of all of this because the tower translates into these archetypes that we talked about in the book. So definitely go on the website. Uh, we got some Facebook pages and stuff coming up. Uh, they can just go, just just type in Master Yao on Facebook. It'll take you to my page. If there's not a red background and I'm not sitting there looking uh, mean, it's not my page. <laughs> there's a couple of people out there with counterfeit pages. Don't don't go there. Anyway, um, that's that's the main thing. I mean. Um, uh, next week we can we can sell some more stuff and get into the more some commercial kind of stuff. You know, I didn't really come prepared tonight to really deal with that, so I'm kind of ill prepared. But Don't next week I'll have better information. It was, a, uh, it was a great show. Uh, I definitely want to thank everybody for uh, for tuning in and zooming in and staying put. Big shouts out to one of those sisters who was there that night at A and T. I think she was a sophomore back in 2009, and she got your, uh, well, you know, I made all of them get, you know, that was the Black Wednesdays back then when we were had some serious people studying, and uh, she got a copy of your Natural Blueprint to Relationships, one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, Shouts out to Jessica from Philly with the natural, with her sexy self, you know. She just had an incident uh, on a date last night. She posted it in the Progressive Love room and uh I don't think it was any experts in there who knew how to handle it or anything but uh she she um definitely just wanted to give her a shout out for tuning in tonight. Oh look now she's raised her hand she got a she wanna come on here and get a comment on real quick. Yes ma'am Miss Jessica No uh, this is not Jessica, this is Ogana from Philly. Oh this Ogano <laughs> peace yeah, peace, hey, peace. Hey, hey, guy, how you doing? Love y'all, peace, y'all. I, I was, I was enjoying your program. It was, it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Storytelling, New York, June thirtieth. We there with all the pretty girls from Philly. <laughs> what, what they're saying in Newark is that their girls are prettier than your girls. And what I'm saying in Baltimore is that the women we're bringing up are sexier and prettier and more experienced in Tantra than anybody y'all can bring up. That's, that's damn, just a fact. That's just a fact. Damn. I'm sorry. That's just a fact. I'm sorry. We, we go on the... Nah, it ain't going to happen like that, I say, y'all. Guarantee you, he's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the proof is in the pudding. We're going to see that tonight. Wow. Wow. the cutest girls in which city. And I just don't think you guys got anything that's going to touch what we're bringing up from Baltimore. So, I mean, hey, you can try, but I don't know. All right. All right, brother, y'all. Peace.
Coach, oh, peace. Man, peace. Good gracious. Y'all, man, I got to be in Greensboro for the symptometry. Every, every, look, uh, June 30th must be a symposium day. I'm going to have to, like, get out of the Greensboro at 5, run to the airport, and catch a red eye to go to Newark. But I better not get up there and see not one ugly girl, though. I'm going to beat both of y'all well, up. No, I mean, we, we ain't trying to, we're not trying to put it out like that. I'm not trying to say, you know, we don't want no. Well, no, I'm just messing no, with no, y'all. No. I know I've but already I, I seen one thing. the energy two of y'all. Two or three of these women have been in the program, they've lost weight, they, they've been working out, and they look good before, but now they got the energy up, they're horny, and they are ready to put their hands on their hips and strut out there in some short skirts <laughs> and see what the brothers can do with that stuff. So I'm like, okay, we'll see. So they're definitely coming up. And I mean, Thomas, I mean, a serious brother is saying he got the women up there, but I don't believe it. You know, the last time I was up there in Newark, there was a few cute, cute girls and all like that, but they didn't have the energy together. Now, so, so I got to, you got to prove it to me. I got to see what he's got. I mean, he's saying all of this stuff. I'm hearing all this Facebook chatter. I'm like from Missouri. Show me. I, I got to see it. I don't believe it. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. Well, look, I also want to say big up to you, whoever designed your site, y'all. You know, it came a long way. I'm really feeling the graphics and the information over there on the workshop page. Um, looks like, like I said, it's going to be totally amazing. You got room to put a some fairy, other stuff. A fairy, de- a fairy designed it. A water sprite designed my page. That's all right. Tell the fairy to come back and put a Facebook and a Twitter icon on there, too. You know, and make the problem a little bit bigger for older uh, older men like myself who haven't got all this constant <laughs> teaching where I'm straining my eyes. But it's all good. I I can just make the font bigger on my screen. That's why that's why we get big screens when we practice tantra because we do big things in life. Yes, Phoenix Ferry. She's a young lady in Virginia Beach, Virginia, multi talented, and uh, she designed the site. She's a she's a serious young lady. Well, that's a hey, that's all positive. We definitely um, we definitely are happy that she's on board and um, that she contributed, you know, her light, you know, because that fairy energy is is something serious. I was I just got some I just got some more information on uh, on fairies and different angels. So I, it was kind of apropos that you started off with the seraphim tonight. And um, you know, it was just it was just good. I think we just had a great show tonight. I look forward to it each and every Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. Let me repeat that one more time. Each everybody say after me, each and every Thursday, eight o'clock. We taking the pillars, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we just doing it. Eight o'clock. One thing, one last thing. We are in the midst of designing a special icon for a water sprite. <clears throat> And so we're looking for models who think they that they envision what a fairy, what a water sprite looks like to do a photo shoot. It is a paid gig. They can contact me. We're looking for we're looking for a female model, and we're also looking for a male model for a different uh, marketing situation. So, boom, throwing that out there real quick. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Now. Hey, 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 hey! I need to be there. I need to be there in the place to be. That's what I'm talking about. I like that. I like that. I like that. Some of you ladies out here. Y'all say y'all got it going on or whatever. Let's get out here and see if we can help. Um, see if we can help Master Y'all get these. Um, why y'all stretch y'all stuff? That's what we're looking for. So I definitely appreciate it. Everybody coming up on the board tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I guess I'm gonna just take it on out. And oh, 
I got to give another shout out for the commerce because another thing I always tie things back into finances. You know, you're not supposed to be spiritually empowered and broke. To me, spiritually spiritually rich and broke is a sin. All the reading and the YouTube and all that, cleaning out your cells and making certain things happen for you is a super bonus. Um, so I am always, especially being a Taurus, are going to be bringing in that particular side of the value to the equation. Um, yes, and we Tauruses, we do rock, we do represent the stamina. We represent the stamina in the zodiac sign, male and female. <laughs> That's an inside joke for those of you who love us Tauruses. Um, but um, I have come across a financial, uh, uh, um, um, ex- I don't know what we want to call it, an excursion or, or, or an event, something that is about helping people. And if you um, have heard of a gifting program, that's what it is. If you haven't heard of one, I made a video about it so people could see. We're going to have a conference call tonight at 1130. Please go over to Coach K Gifting, CoachKGifting.info. Just Coach, the letter K, Gifting.info. Real short video, a minute and 17 seconds. If you're interested, just enter in your email address and your first name, and we'll take it from there. If you're not interested, you didn't lose any sleep. It's a marvelous program. I'm helping people. I've been in it about three weeks. I'm loving the results. I'm not giving y'all no details. If you want to hear about it, I'll see you at 1130. Those of you all who are already in it, congratulations, congratulations. I'm watching y'all prosper. And I'm I, and there's nothing like seeing cash money in your mailbox. That's all I'm gonna say. Nothing like having somebody, the mailman, say, "Here, sign for this cash money." I don't gotta go to the bank, and I just take it out and fold it and put it in my pocket. I like plastic money, but I sure do love cash, and cash is sexy. So maybe one night I can get y'all to talk about, you know, the sexual energy of money and currency. One night. So you all take it easy. Thanks for coming out tonight. We will see you next Thursday at 8 o'clock um, as well as next Tuesday at 8 o'clock. But y'all's going to be here exclusively on Thursday. And um, the same way that we came in with that men in black, because a lot of the things that we teach here, a lot of things that we share is out of this world. So we came in with Marvin Gaye. We hit you with the men in black, and we're going to take y'all out of here with a little bit of outcast. Y'all be cool, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace.
advantage of this moment Cause there might not be another soon Holding on to memories like roller coaster handlebars Tightly cause I'm slightly off my rocker But to you, I may appear to be your average Joe But little do you know that even Joe got problems that he got two jobs with Floating in this game of life despite how out of place you may feel In this race, oh you just can't quit Ain't that a bitch that be in heat, I'm on the beat like cops Only cultivate the stable dirt when I keep my drops Don't concentrate in knocking other niggas out the box Why? Cause in a sense See, we all be kind of fly, just can't be scared to spread your wings Head to better things Maybe the Mockingbird and Nightingale, they want to sing Keeping this thing alive, to the table's what we bring We like hailstorms and blizzards in the middle of the spring Extra terrestrial Out of this world Bang, like that Dream come true.